Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cleft of hill, carve of the rooftop way, riverbed street, foot-hewn cobble bed. Shape me towards the twilight pint. Flow my mind to a new state. Pink and lilac in the swan song dusk. In the moon underwater. How fare you, me old mate, me old mate of mine? Mmm, farewell. I fa- farewell. You farewell. I see you've poured yourself a couple of pairs of pints there. Yeah, a couple of pairs of pints. Eight pints. Four pints. Four pints. Yeah, four pints. Because yeah. eight pints would be a couple of pairs of a couple of pairs of pints. Yeah, a few pairs of pints. There's a few, three, are we saying? I would say a few is three to six or seven. But I was last happy a few years ago. It could be, could be twenty, yeah, yeah. It could be, t- could be thirty actually. Quite right. But if I was having a few friends round, it would be like between three and six. Six is more than a few. A few friends. Oh, John, what are you doing for your party? I'm just having a few friends round. Oh yeah, yeah. That could mean up to twenty actually. Whereas if it was like, if I, I wouldn't say I'm having a couple of pairs of a couple of pairs of friends round. No, you're right. Yeah, that'd be awkward. Yeah, but so a couple of pairs of pints for uh, Robin Allender. Thank you. The landlord's still riding the the 0% wave. And I have to say, finding great clarity. And clarity's a dangerous thing to have in the correct realm. So you can actually see through everything. Really? Yeah. Is that a problem? Do you, I mean, everything beautiful is opaque is a nice phrase I came across recently. Yeah, well, I'm finding that you just there's there's no color or texture to anything so it's just like a vast sort of expanse of perspex really oh so, so everything is transparent yeah absolutely everything oh, right, yeah. yeah it feels like i'm falling constantly <laughs> um sort of suspended amidst the air and the only thing that seems to uh, resist it is the moon underwater itself that's good, that's good. Uh, so it's nice to be back on uh, terra firma without any firmer terror <laughs> So have you got a kind of cold-blooded clarity then? Is the, is the clarity not good? Yeah, cold, I've had cold-blooded clarity t- tattooed actually a few times on the old um, 
and the old wrists and arms. Sometimes it's just the shorthand uh, CBC for cold-blooded clarity. That's the name of my new um, protein shake brand as well. Is it really? Yeah, because big into the shake scene. Anyway, nice to be back here in the correct realm. And I'm just looking out of the window waiting for this week's guest. I have to say, there's an awful lot of young folk around. Mm. A lot of teens, a lot of tweens. A whole lot of TikTok. There's a whole lot of TikTok going on. It's not called Be Real over here. Right. I think it's just a, a kind of form of heightened reality where everyone sees everything for what it is. And they, they stare at each other really intensely and that somehow gets uploaded into the atmosphere. Right. It's strange if you don't know what they're doing. Right. So this is a kind of idea for a new social media that's a bit like that that film where you put the glasses on and you see things for how they really are. Yeah, it's, I guess it's a form of intense digital awareness. <laughs> um, the, the, it's a craze amongst the young people, intense digital awareness. But I think a reason there must be sort of this meeting of, of, of the hip, mm. of... Uh, what's another word for hip, Robin? Uh, with it? Yes, of the with it. Yes. The withers. The withers. Is because our guest this week has... Fingers in many youthful pies, you know, and one of those fingers is not in any pies, but is on the nub of youth. So we look forward to quizzing her about all things tech and um, all things MP3. <laughs> Do you know what the French called MP3s, by the way? MP3? Yeah. Yeah. I know, it's just quite makes me laugh. Yeah, it's, it's quite, it's, it does make sense. Yeah, I know, yeah, sorry. What do they call MP4s? <laughs> yeah. MP catch. MP catcher, indeed. Well, anyway, winging, well, I say winging, I mean skating, mm. skating her way here to the moon underwater through the crowd of teens and tweens. We're delighted to have a presenter and radio host. Katie Thistleton. Hello, Katie. Hello, both of you. It's so weird seeing your faces after listening to the podcast so much and seeing it happen, which is what people say to me when they meet me as well. But it's still, even though I work in radio, that never stops being weird when I meet other radio people. It is just strange, isn't it, when you're used to someone's voice more than their face. I'm very flattered, by the way, that you think I would bring in the youth audience. If that's what you were hoping for this episode, I don't know if I can guarantee it. Well, Katie, I mean, your CV reads like a CV of someone who is in touch with everything youthful, happening, vibe-based, if I may. I mean, you spent a lot of time uh, presenting CBBC HQ and then moved on to Life Hacks and the official chart first look. And the chart is something, I mean... I remember recording on cassette off the radio when I'd have been sort of 13, 14. So it is a big part of growing up, that show. So I think you're in a perfect position to tell us, what are young children drinking these days? <laughs> Do you know what? I, I am I am quite in touch with the youth. I, I jest because I'm 33, so I'm, I don't feel so young anymore but I certainly have to act as though I am on Radio 1 and I spend a lot of time yeah around youths and, and having to keep up with what they're doing so I'm on TikTok and I'm, I'm seeing it all what are they drinking do you know what's really fashionable with them now a rosé that's like a blush colour a blush rosé 
is very trendy among sort of like young girls who have oh. just sort of started going out now. That's the trendy wine. Wow. Yeah, but it has to have a certain look to it. You know, it's got to be a real rosy pink. It can't be like a stark pink. But I don't know what they're drinking in that sort of drinking in the park sort of way anymore because I sort of feel like that's not happening as much as it once was. And maybe that's just because I'm not around the parks on a Friday night seeing what's going on. But I do feel like that is something that's different with the generation now. So I can remember sort of in my teenage years, that being my first experience of drinking was having sort of a blue wicked on the park and and thinking I was drunk and I most definitely wasn't, but sort of acting a bit woozy just to be cool. And I feel like now, and it seems a bit cliche to say that it's because of TikTok and phones and stuff, but I think it is. That's not happening as much. I think actually young people are staying in a little bit more until they get to that age where they can legally go out and drink. I don't think there's a lot of hanging out on the streets drinking like they used to be. Well, I suppose the thing from that age is the feeling of just there was nothing to do. Yeah. So you would just go to the park or sit on a bench somewhere. But I suppose kids now do have a lot more to do in terms of interacting with each other online and everything. So much to do. And there was even, you know, through doing life hacks, we learn about this sort of stuff. There's even statistics around how um, young people are having less sex than they than they once did and doing less drugs. And, and there's kind of this feel from the Gen Z that the millennials, of which I would be classed as a millennial, are the ones that have sort of, uh, that drink too much. And, and and actually it's not happening with Gen Z. And I think it must be because of that, because you can communicate and sort of have all these life experiences, not in the same way, but on games and on your phone and you're making TikToks. And I think it's a lot more about that now. I think people are more bothered about like doing a funny TikTok or doing a TikTok where they look great and their hair and makeup looks great. It doesn't matter if no one sees it in the outside world because you know, more people are going to see it online. Mm. I, do, I do kind of like the idea that, they're drinking rosé with a certain blush in the park, though. It's a shame that isn't happening. Yeah, that when I say that, I'm thinking of like my niece who's 21 and at uni, and right. that, that's that's her on a night out. That's her, at a, you know, like a brunch with her friends. I don't think necessarily on the in the park that's happening, but who knows? <laughs> well, I think also if you wanted to speak to a friend when we were growing up, you had to do it on the landline so your mum could hear, mm. or you went and met them in person. Whereas now you can be talking to all your friends all evening on your phone. So I guess there's actually less need to to meet up person to person. I mean, it is a good thing that young people are drinking less. Also, I think it's just much harder to get hold of booze now than it, than it was when we were growing up. There were always like two or three shops that you knew would sell you booze and you could go into pubs underage. Yeah, a few dodgy pubs and bars that would let you in. I feel like now that's just a lot more difficult. They really have tightened up on that, which is a good thing. You know, the whole like Think 25 policy has been a success. Um, but we can still reminisce about times past. I mean, I shouldn't say it was better when underage drinking was more common. But um, <laughs> there is a certain innocence uh, to the old... Uh, Voddy on the merry-go-round. Definitely, but I have to be careful with these references on Radio 1 because we're sort of told at Radio 1, like, if if someone's born before, like, the year... If something's happened before, like, the year 2000, then, like, our target audience don't really know about it. So even the reference that you made to the chart, which is a reference that I remember as well, I remember recording the chart too and that whole thing of trying not to get the DJ's voice and now I take great delight in being that person who ruins it for everyone by talking over the intro or the outro of the song. But it actually doesn't matter now because they can go and stream, like no one is recording the chart. And again, the sort of like the, the drinking in the park thing, like it's, it's, it's different. So it is a challenge sometimes to try and keep up with what those references are. It's incredible what a lot of the Radio 1 audience won't know because technology has just moved on so fast 
that it's a completely different world between that millennial and Gen Z, um, those two generations, which feels like there's almost there's almost a war between those two generations. It feels like sort of on TikTok and everything, you know, like judging each other for each other's decisions. And it does feel like so much has changed between those two generations. So the big rule at Radio 1 is everything starts with 9-11. <laughs> essentially, <laughs> essentially, there was nothing before that. Yeah. If you can remember 9-11, you're too old to be listening to Radio 1, I think, basically. Right. I mean, I, I, I just disclaimer, you're not. I, I'm very happy. There are lots of people who are in their, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, even older that listen to Radio 1, and I'm very happy to have those uh, those listeners. So don't go away. But yeah, the, the, the audience would try to target. Yeah, they won't remember 9-11. So... What about uh, those early years? Where are you born in Manchester? Yeah, Manchester, Ashton, underline in Manchester. What was your scene as a teen? What was your teen scene? Big chav energy, I, I would probably say. And I, you'll be careful with that. People get a little bit offended with the with the, the phrase chav sometimes. But um, I think it's because people think it stands for council house and violent. But I think someone made that up afterwards. I'm pretty sure Chav came back first and then someone went, oh, it could stand for this. Do you know what I mean? Um, But I think growing up, my mum, very overprotective, very overprotective. So I was never allowed to go to parties and stuff. So when they used to do these under 18 discos and um, you could go from like age 11 to age 18. And my mum used to say, and oh my God, I so get her point now. She used to say, there's no way you're going to that. There's a very big difference between an 18 year old and 11 year old at a party and that. Mm. My God, she's right. Like, that was wild. You know, 18-year-old boys hanging out with 11-year-old girls. What's going on there? Um, So she was very protective, never let me sort of go to those things. And I used to feel a lot of FOMO growing up that I was really missing out on all these kind of scandalous experiences that everyone was having. Those experiences only ever happened when I would stay over at a friend's house who had very lenient parents. So I would try and do that as often as I could so we could do the sneaking out, chatting to boys, drinking a wicked on the park uh, sort of stuff. But definitely I felt like I was growing up, I was a teenager between like 2000 and 2006, you know, so I feel like I was in that real noughties chav era of the thin eyebrows and the orange face with the line under your chin and the and all the fashion that's back in now. Like, I'm wearing that stuff again. I'm wearing big gold earrings tonight. Fake. Big, fake gold earrings and, you know, sportswear constantly. Tracksuits all the time again. And that was uh, that was how I was growing up, too. <laughs> how, how do the old big... How do those big earrings interact with headphones? Oh, not well, actually. It's, you're not good for radio. In fact, I might actually take them out because we're not actually filming this, are we? So there's no need to uh, keep up a pretense that I'm, you know, in any way dressed up. I'll keep mine in. Yeah, no, they don't deal well with headphones. I do my um, radio show, my Sunday radio show with Vic Hope, and we there's always just pairs of earrings on the desk <laughs> when we're on the radio together. Because she'll come from like a fashion shoot or something with some massive earrings in, and they're just always knocking around on the desk. So, what's your first memory of the pub? What was the what was the sort of uh, the pub world of Ashton like? Well, my auntie owned pubs when I was growing up. So um, whenever her and my uncle went on holiday, my mum and dad would look after the pub for them. So I have these really early memories of living in pubs for sort of two weeks at a time over the summer. And I have such fond memories of that because 
first of all, I found it really spooky. It felt like every pub they owned, someone would tell me it was haunted. A cousin in my family would go, it's haunted, by the way. I remember one that they owned, the cleaner there used to say to me, yeah, it's haunted. They used to use the cellar for dead bodies. The slabs are still there, you know, it's haunted as a ghost comes out every morning. And so I was, I always found it really scary, but in a thrilling way. And also what would happen is sort of on a Friday, Saturday night, my mum and dad would be downstairs sort of, you know, serving behind the bar. I would just be upstairs on my own watching telly, playing on my cousin's PlayStation. And then every time I wanted to drink, I would sort of sneak down the stairs, knock on the door to the bar, say to my dad, can I have a Coke or a J2O? And he'd get me that. And also what I really remember is behind the the bar in the the stairwell in the back, exactly like it is on, on EastEnders actually in the Queen Vic, the boxes of crisps stacked up and I particularly oh. remember discos they always mm. had salt and vinegar oh so good salt and vinegar and cheese and discos and I could just sneak down from the upstairs and get as many as them as I wanted and go back so I loved it I would come down get a glass of coke or a J2O a couple of packets of crisps back upstairs on the playstation amazing and then the next day I would help my mum do all the money count up all the money and stuff they're saying god we're a bit short of crisps here what's happened there? yeah <laughs> I'd help her count up all the money. She'd be like, we've actually made a loss. Were your mum and dad sort of from a a publican background? Because is it it doable to just look after a pub for a week? I think I would get everything mixed up and make big errors. (laughs) Yeah, I I think I would as well. Yeah, well, my mum is an accountant by by trade. So she also does my tax returns, which is blooming great as a freelancer. Mm. Um. So she was very good at that side of it. So she would sort of count with the money. She always did that anyway for my auntie. She always helped her out with the accounts. So she knew that side of it. And my mum had also grown up um, working behind the bar in a lot of these pubs for my auntie Sue. So sort of knew what she was doing. Whether my dad did, I don't know. But it seemed like they used to do lock-ins with their mates and it seemed like they had a lovely time. And uh, and I was happy to just be upstairs with my, with my discos. So when we're creating uh, your dream pub, what sort of blueprint are we looking at? Is it those those early crisp-filled memories, or do you have a sort of favourite type of pub that you would like it to be? I think I've got a few different types of pub now because I think a lot of my pub memories are from those early times and my love of pub grub comes from that because I just remember the smell. A couple of the pubs that my auntie owned, she'd do food in them and I just remember the smell of... I love a good cheap pub nuggets and chips and a chocolate fudge cake or something and a glass of coke you know all my my early memories are involved that and and all these parties we would have you know my family are massive party animals and we would often have the parties at my auntie's pubs so a, a lot of that is influences my love of pubs but also I'm a big fan of just a cozy pub I'm a massive fan now of just with my husband wandering to a pub on a winter's day, one with a nice fire in it, sitting, having a couple of wines and getting tipsy in the day in a, in a cosy country pub. And then also I regularly frequent a pub called The Mountain Dew in Atherton um, in Manchester with Phil Fletcher, who is the puppeteer behind Hack of the Dog off of CBBC. Whoa. Yeah, and we obviously are good friends from CBBC and we're both massive karaoke fans. Right. So we now love a grotty pub that does karaoke of which the Mountain Dew is one of those it's a bit rough you feel a little bit surprised you've made it out alive at the end of the night sometimes but we love it and no one in there really bothers with the karaoke like we can be on it all night so we're, we're fans now of finding a pub that does karaoke but not too many people are doing it so you can get on all night nice so Hackety Dog were you annoyed that you kind of missed out on being in that kind of viral moment last year absolutely robin absolutely (laughs) so can you explain what happened to 
in with with that clip <laughs> so phil uh who does hack of the dog and lauren layfield who's the, the presenter of that clip two of my best friends in the whole world love love them both to death What's happening in that clip is just what happened every day on CBBC, which was hacker uh, Phil just saying some utter nonsense. He says that there'd been a clip. So we would watch the screens before we would come on and do our live link. We'd watch the screen and there'd be an advert on or something for a show. And he said it was an advert of someone getting arrested. So it's probably an episode of The Dumping Ground or something where people were getting arrested. So when it came to them, he just said something about we're innocent men. Um, and there are so many, honestly, me and Lauren both have these YouTube reels of, of all the bloopers from when we were on with Hacker because he's amazing at just coming out with something that makes you cry laughing and that's it. You've corpsed, you're done for the rest of the link and it was the best thing about that job. Um, and then that clip just went viral years after it was on the telly. There was no rhyme or reason for it and this is the mad thing about how these things work. People try to go viral every day, it doesn't work. But every now and again, someone just unearths a clip, goes, haha, this is funny. And it just goes mad. Because I, I heard with that clip, it was, um, I heard he was out with his friends a night on the town. And the, 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 for some whatever reason, the police questioned them. They weren't doing anything dodgy. And one of his friends said, we're just normal men. We're just innocent men to the policeman. <laughs> is that not true? That's just been made up. So someone, someone just wrote that on a forum and we all find it hilarious. Because it feels like someone's just made that up and everyone's gone with it. It literally has no rhyme or reason. He just He's just a funny man. He comes out with mad stuff. That yeah, there's, there's one clip of me and him that I love and share a lot where he um, we'd just uh, come off the back of a show where the granddad, they'd real, it was wolf blood. It's basically a show about werewolves. They'd realised that the, the granddad had accidentally revealed their identity as werewolves to everyone else in the town or something. And I said, my, my line off the back, I had to say, oh, I wonder what they're going to do now they find out it's granddad that gave them away. And he goes, oh, I think they might tinker with this pension. And I, you know, then just pissed myself laughing for <laughs> the rest of the link, like, because he just comes out with this stuff that, and obviously it's CBBC, so then I have to go, no, no, they won't tinker with his pension because it's not quite appropriate to suggest that. He always just had us on our toes with that sort of stuff all the time. Um, so, yeah, I'm very happy for them that that went viral, but also I was secretly a bit sad that it wasn't one of the clips of me and him that went viral because, uh, yeah, there's there's been so much gold over the years. I was gutted I'd missed out on that, but very ha- they're two of my dearest friends and they are hilarious people so yeah they deserve that credit (laughs) planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with quince go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365 day returns hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So we'd better get a start on uh, filling this dream pub of yours. First up, uh, two draft items, please, Katie. Two draft items. Okay, I'm going to go. <laughs> this is a cop-out because I'm going for the same thing here because I could only think of... Um, I could only think of one, really, because I'm not a beer drinker or a cider drinker. I don't really drink a lot of draft stuff. But what I do guzzle all day long is this stuff that I'm drinking right now, Coke Zero and or Diet Coke. And let me tell you, there's nothing better than when it's draft in a pub in a massive pint glass with a load of ice. Or I tell you what, if it's a frosted pint glass, even better. And I am always a fan of any kind of draft Coke situation. Or those machines that you get in like Five Guys and stuff, they're ideal as well. Oh, yeah. Or in Nando's. Or in Nando's. Went to America recently for my honeymoon. Everywhere you go, you can just get massive, massive things of Coke Zero, like in the corner shops like our version of Spa or whatever, you can just go in, get a big draft Coke Zero with loads of ice in it and the cups are twice the size of ours. I am addicted to this stuff. It's it's quite bad. I always get paralysed by indecision in a Five Guys, though, because there's, there's too many options. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those exact machines they have in Five Guys are the ones that they have in the theme parks in Florida. And me and my family go on quite a few family holidays to Florida because I've got sister and brother who've got kids so we've had quite a few family holidays there and in all the theme parks they have those exact machines and we spent we basically think it's the best part of the holiday (laughs) there's like there's like 13 of us that go on these trips so when 13 people need to fill up their refillable cups that you get for the day at universal studios or whatever it takes about half an hour but everyone's like what did you get i got fanta grape oh i got coke zero with cherry and some other shit in it like there's just so there's so many options and we spend the whole time just basically on a sugar high and needing constant (laughs) wheeze my my other half's wee turned luminous last time we went because he had so much mountain chew i wonder what like, what do you reckon is the most out there flavour that they tried to create and sort of vetoed? Like, do you think they would have ever have tried, I don't know, like, I don't know, what What if they tried, like, bread, Coke? <laughs> bread! <laughs> bread. Bread. Like... With the great taste of bread. Oh, I just love it. You know when you actually drop a bit of bread into your Coke? Like, I wish yeah. they just made that into a drink. I mean, I'm not into the flavoured ones because I just think it's a it's a beautiful drink that does not need anything adding to it. So I'm not into the cherry, the vanilla, all that. I'll have a, the the lime one. A push is all right, but yeah, I'm I drink it all day long. It's really bad. Like you know, every now and again, someone will go, "Oh, the aspartame is going to kill you," and I'm like, "Well, just use me as the guinea pig, guys. If I don't make it to forty, you know that that was true. But like, I'm, it's a risk I'm willing to take." Do you ever go back to the full fat after being on the diet? Because it just knocks your head off. Yeah, only on a hangover. You know it's been a heavy night if you see me with a full fat Coke. Had one yesterday. I had the Brits on Saturday night. I had a full fat Coke yesterday. Wow. You know it's it's bad if I'm on the full fat stuff. What big question from me. What 
drinks do they have at the Brits? Is it free? If so, what is their sort of stock lager and cider and stuff? So I was up up in the peasant seats. I wasn't on a table, unfortunately, where it did look like they had a lot of free champagne and beers because some of my more famous uh, Radio 1 colleagues were on the tables. So I was up in the rafters. So we just, you know, bought whatever drinks you buy from the O2 when you go to a gig. So plastic bottles of wine without a lid on, just in case you chuck it at Stormzy mid-concert. It was those the flat bottles of wine, actually. Have you seen them? They look like they could be posted through a letterbox. What, why is that? Why do they do that? I think it's a packaging thing. I uh, think okay, they're, yeah. they're more efficient to ship because obviously you can stack them with less space being wasted. Interesting. Yeah, I did enjoy that. So uh, that's what we had there. But then at the after parties, the drinks were all free, which is where things were bad. So um, I went to the sort of Sony after party. Sony were putting on the Brits. So there were just men walking around, waiters walking around with trays of... Prosecco and champagne and stuff. But then, and I thought this was very bougie. This is how I knew I was at a bougie event. And I'm not normally at events this bougie. They were walking around with trays of cocktails. So a tray with like a porn star martini, a mojito, a cosmopolitan, all these different glasses and different cocktails. And I thought, wow, that is, that's next level free drinks. And what happened to Sam Smith's uh, suit? Did that slowly <laughs> deflate or... <laughs> I didn't see them for the rest of the night, but right. I, uh, I assume they must have got changed out of that into something a little bit more comfortable. A lot of the stars seem to have a change um, because, of course, they're in ball gowns and stuff, so it's not comfortable to stay in it. And if there's one outfit that can't make it to the after party, it's that one, isn't it? I did love people suggesting, though, online that they were stuffing it with alcohol. Like, that's <laughs> that's me trying to sneak drinks into a festival kind of thing. I, I mean, I think that outfit was so sort of... Um so striking such a great like red carpet outfit but my first thought is what happens toilet cubicle wise (laughs) because you can see they've come down the red carpet you know cameras are going nuts they're thinking oh this is great everyone's talking about this it looks really cool ah little bit of nerves little bit of pre-show nerves just gonna pop to the it's too wide to get in it's too big to get off I love that about it, though. Me and my friends used to always at Halloween make it a thing where we would try and go in the most sort of like obnoxious costume that would get in everyone's way as possible. So we once went out as like kitchen appliances was the thing. So microwaves, that <laughs> ovens, and we sort of made our own costumes. Another time one of my friends went out in the sumo suit and I just enjoyed the the difficulty of getting through doorways is, is what made the night, really. Um, it's a great outfit. I'm all for that at the Brits. I love it when people... That's what it's about, isn't it? You want to see those mad outfits. I've watched enough Kardashians to know that sometimes these stars will just go in the outfit. No. Honestly, Kim Kardashian, she's done a couple of her Met Gala outfits and I've seen it where she's gone. I'm just going to have to wee down my legs. There's one episode where she went, I'll have to wee down my legs and we'll have to mop oh, it up afterwards. Wow. And that was that was not, the plan. Not ideal. Not, not glamorous. Not what you imagine of those glamorous people. Especially when, you know, the technology of pads has come on a long way. Well, that's true. An adult nappy would have been better. But when you're wearing um, some of those Kim Kardashian dresses, there's not much room for a... Well, Formula One drivers do the same. Do they? Yeah. That's why you very rarely see them filmed getting out of uh, getting out of cars at the end of races. Gosh, isn't it funny? You know, all these people, you think, God, what a life they've got. Aren't they glamorous and rich? But they're all just pissing and shitting themselves. Yeah, <laughs> that really is. <laughs> it's, it's just so humbling, isn't it? It just reminds you, it could be worse. You know, we've not got their lifestyles, but at least we're not wearing nappies. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we must move on to your second draft drink to accompany uh, Diet Coke. Oh, Coke Zero. 
Coke Zero, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coke and it's, Coke it's a cop out because I couldn't think of any other draft drinks I actually care about. Can you tell the difference? Diet Coke's got a sharper taste. Do you know what? One of my friends who's a bigger Coke addict than me, years ago Coca-Cola. we did <laughs> Coca Cola, I must, I must confirm. Um, we years ago threw him a Coca Cola themed party and we did that. We did a little test and we got all the different flavors. We got caffeine free. We did it all. I made cakes with cola bottles on top and put cola in the cakes. It's great. And yeah, I can tell the difference for sure. I can do, I can do, I could do a blind test. It's a lot sharper, a Diet Coke. Coke Zero tastes a bit more close to the original. Mm. Okay, so we've got Coke Zero on one tap, Diet Coke on the other. I'll just, I'll just check for a third time. <laughs> that's that's correct? Yes. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Um, I'll get more imaginative as we go on. I promise. Uh, if you, if your if your bottle is that green Coke that they brought out for, a, do you remember that the green mm-hmm. the stevia oh, yeah. Coke that's made of trees? I tried that for a while because they said that yeah, it would be less cancerous, but um, they don't seem to stock it anywhere anymore now. Excuse me. Sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sorry. Sorry. No, I think I was next. I think I was next. So sorry. Excuse me. Sorry. 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 Excuse me. Sorry. Could, sorry. Could I? Could I have a sherry, please? <coughs> Sod this. I'm off to the moon underwater. Well, what are we going for for your two bottle choices? No, it's yes, yeah, not Diet Coke, don't you worry. Although, God, Coke in a bottle is great. When you get a glass bottle, that feels like you're really living. But I'm not going for that. I'm not going for that. First one I'm going to go for, I promise we will get onto some alcohol at some point. I do like to drink. But first I'm going to go for a J2O because mm. of those happy, happy childhood memories in my auntie's pub. I just love whenever I'm not drinking, it's sometimes nice to have a break from the Diet Coke and just have an orange and mango J2O. Oh, orange and mango. Yeah, that's my favourite one, I think. John, you're not drinking at the moment. Have you gone to the? Have you tried the J two O's when you've been out and about? No, because I'm sort of on a sugar free jag uh, at the start of the year. Gosh, how depressing! I know, but the <laughs> nuts thing is that once, so I had a month with no sugar, and apart from tea and coffee, I've not really gone back to it in any form. I have a small sugar in tea and a small sugar in coffee. Wow, well done. I'm not able to get rid of that, but that's not actually a huge. Uh, con- co- sort of contributor to to big sugar. Do you know what I've seen on TikTok? People adding more sweetness to their Diet Coke, not to get back onto that, which just seems wild. That it wouldn't be sweet enough. People are adding... So people will get a sachet of sweetener or sugar and put it into the fizzy drink as if they've made a cup of tea or a coffee. Well, there was a, a comedian who appeared on Mock the Week. When you go on, they give you a mug and you can have whatever you want to drink. So people do have alcohol in those mugs or they might have tea or water or whatever. Mm. And they said to them, um, oh, what, what do you want in your mug? And they said, oh, can I get hot chocolate? And they said, ah, that's that's pretty much the one thing we can't do. So they said, all right, I'll have a tea with 13 sugars. Wow. <laughs> I mean, probably it's the same thing, isn't it? Probably the same sugar content. I sometimes host Morning Live, the the BBC morning show, and we have little mugs, and one of the floor managers puts 
Diet Coke into that for me, which is good because I don't drink tea or coffee. I don't like hot drinks, so I get to sit there and feel mature and like a proper adult, but really I'm having a Coke or a J2O. I'm always interested by people who don't like hot drinks. I'll be honest with you, Katie, I don't actually fully trust them. I know, and uh, people say this a lot, and I don't blame you. I'll be, you know, And as a northerner as well, it's, it's quite embarrassing to not be a tea drinker. And as someone who is tired quite a lot and works long days and really could do with that caffeine boost um but it's something about you know i can't remember a particular traumatic incident with a hot liquid or anything as a child but i don't like hot drinks and i don't like soup well adam i always remember adam and joe both of them don't drink hot drinks that's the only black mark on their cv as far as i can tell yeah well that makes me feel better it's nice to hear the people i admire that that also have that habit because um like the diet coke trend wasn't it Donald Trump drinks a lot of it, which is not the best company to be in? But also, you're, you're getting a hell of a lot of caffeine. Oh, yeah. But although I once read that you'd have to have five cans of Coke to equate to, like, one coffee, most people's coffee. So there's not as much caffeine in those as there is a coffee, apparently. Let's drill down into the stats. I l- this is one of my favourite areas. <laughs> And it, it can't be that caffeinated because I can drink this stuff. I'll be drinking this at 10 o'clock at night sometimes and then I'll just go straight to sleep. I'll be fine. So it can't be as bad as a coffee. So Diet Coke uh, is 46 milligrams in a can, which is more than Coke. And it's also more than a Starbucks coffee because there was a recent study which showed Starbucks was the weakest coffee on the high street. I think at 33 milligrams. Uh... So, yeah, you're not up... Pret is 180 milligrams. Wow. Between Starbucks and Pret, that's insane. Yeah, and I ordered a Starbucks coffee after reading that because I thought, oh, I'll have, I can have more coffees if I drink Starbucks coffee. So I got black coffee from Starbucks. It was absolutely undrinkable. You could see the bottom of the cup through the coffee. It was, I couldn't believe it that they sold it. I think a pregnant woman's daily maximum is 200 milligrams I don't say that for any reason. It's just the only stat that's stuck in my head. You can have four cans of Diet Coke and be be, be within sort of recommended limits. Okay, that makes me feel better because I do worry about one day getting pregnant and how on earth I will deal with that with this habit. They do the caffeine-free Coke as well, of course. So, J2O orange and mango. What's next in the bottles? Next, I'm going to go for a white wine, which is my main alcoholic uh-huh. beverage of choice. Usually go for a, a good savvy bee, a Sauvignon Blanc. I'll be honest with you, for no other reason than that I've just copied my mum and sister. I know nothing about <laughs> wine. I've been on a couple of wine tastings. I went to Italy and did some wine tasting after I got engaged with to my husband a couple of years ago. Forgotten everything I learned. You know, did the whole swilling the gra- glass around. Couldn't, could not tell you anything about wine still. Um, so I've essentially, in the same way that I feel like, you know... You're a certain religion because you're born into it. And I'm a United fan because I'm born into it, but I don't really care. I also drink a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc because my mum and sister do, and I've never challenged it. Um, so our current favourite is the uh, the Oyster Bay, the Oyster Bay Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, it's mm. lovely. It's lovely. They've also told me that the New Zealand one is best, apparently. Although I like the Casalero del Diablo. That's the one I tend to buy a lot, and that's... Chilean, I think. Yeah, that's Chilean. I think it also might be, if I remember rightly, a touch, a touch weaker than the Oyster Bay. But I do like to refer to the Oyster Bay as the corner shop champagne, because it's the best white wine you can get in a corner shop. Uh, yeah, definitely. And also in my corner shop, they didn't used to do um, 
Castellera del Diablo, so I used to get the barefoot. And I was always just a bit put off by the fact it said barefoot because I don't want to think about the feet squashing the grapes when I'm drinking wine, even though I'm sure that's not how it's done anymore. But you're happy to think (laughs) about the devil. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. But I didn't want to think about, you know, the feet crushing. And there's a picture of a foot on the front. And I just thought, oh, that seems like cheap corner shop rubbish wine. But actually, it's another one. It's up there. It's in my top three. Those are my top threes. You do make a good point about wine tasting. Is it? Is, I can't think of anything else where you're the, the longer you do it, the less likely you are to retain any information <laughs> as part of the <laughs> whole process. Is that you're not going to really remember anything about it? Well, exactly. Yeah, it's really contradictory, isn't it? And I don't like red wine really. My palate has not um, advanced to that yet because I do have the palate of a child. I'm 33, but I think my palate is. 10 years behind my actual age and I don't like a red but I do remember enjoying a red when we did that wine tasting in Italy because there's something about you know when you've got the oh you've got the garlic bread there and you've got the nice uh you've got the nice Italian salad there and you're, you're swilling around a little bit of the of, of the uh of the red and I quite enjoyed it then but I, I couldn't just guzzle it all night plus I just can't bear the red wine lips I love that the two cornerstones of Italian cuisine is garlic bread and salad <laughs> <laughs> I told you my palate is not very advanced. That's what, I just remember us having some nice. It was bruschetta. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. bruschetta. There you go. Yeah, nice garlic bruschetta yeah. is what it was. Yeah, with some of the side salad. <laughs> well, I I made a very apparently a very traditional Italian dish tonight, which was just spaghetti, parmesan, and some of the water from the pasta, and that's it. Oh yeah, it was absolutely delicious. There you go. I keep seeing a meme of a Chinese takeaway, which is basically like the sweet and sour chicken bowls. So, you know, not even just normal sweet and sour chicken, but the sort of the bowls that are like um, mm. in batter uh, and chips and three prong crackers. And it's someone's put it on Twitter and put, I love it, can't beat a Chinese meal. <laughs> and people keep sharing it and putting this is about as Chinese as a, as a lasagna. Yeah. Like, it's literally just not Chinese at all. Well, so far in Katie Thistleton's Dream Pub, we've got Coke Zero on one tap. Diet Coke on the other, for the purists. We've got bottles of J2O, orange and mango, and Oyster Bay Sauvignon Blanc white wine, the corner shop champagne. And we're going to take a little break from Katie's pub as we expand our minds in the Moon Underwater pub quiz. Okay, everybody, pens out, eyes down, it's time for the quiz. He played for Zimbabwe, but he was born in South Africa. I know Alaska is bigger, that wasn't the question. Put your phone away. Right, Michael Jackson's Funky Monkey had been deducted five points. Thanks, John. Welcome to the Moon Underwater Pub Quiz. This week it's a special musical quiz as I have enlisted the help of my friend, the supremely talented Max Tundra. So Max Tundra has released three albums of genre-defying experimental pop music on Domino Records. And I should say all three albums have recently been reissued by Domino and are available at maxtundra.ffm.2 forward slash reissues. And he didn't ask for anything in return. No, nothing, nothing. (laughs) But aside from making genre-defying experimental pop... Which has recently been reissued. <laughs> oh, hang on, which 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 record label? Domino Records. Yeah. <laughs> did you know that Max Tundra is one of the world's foremost whistlers? I did. I didn't know that. He should have been a milkman. 
He really should. And so I asked Max Tundra to whistle the theme tunes to three television programmes, and I'm delighted to say that he went above and beyond. He recorded them and added reverb. So all you have to do is tell me which theme tune Max Tundra is a whistling, and I will give you multiple choice options, because some of them are harder than others. (laughs) So if we're ready for clip one, here we go. You don't need to give multiple choice for that, Rob. <laughs> you really did the whole thing as well. <laughs> wow. Beautiful stuff, isn't it? So John's saying he doesn't want multiple choice. Katie, do you need multiple choice? Yeah, I, I actually don't have a clue. <laughs> okay, cool. Multiple choices are uh, A, so mothers do have them. B, L-O-L-O, or C, birds of a feather. I'm so young, guys. This is what my age is showing, isn't it? And we'll go into clip two. And in this one, Max has also included uh, the voice of a chirpy builder to give the clip some verisimilitude. So here we go, clip two. What the hell are you keeping? Where's mum? Yeah, send him my love. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be at your place on Friday. There we go. So that was clip two. That's a news and current affairs. And the options are A, Channel 4 News, B, Newsnight, or C, Panorama. Can I just say, uh, we have this in common. I'm a really good whistler. It's like one of my, it's one of my only talents in life. Can you do that vibrato thing? Yeah, I think I actually can a bit. Like, but the problem is, I can't. I'm not very good at doing it on demand because I always laugh. So I've many times been challenged about this on the radio. Like, my co-presenters will be like, "Go on then," but then I, I laugh when I start doing it. But so it's a real, it's it's a skill you only get to hear when I don't know you're listening. So my my husband basically gets to hear it all the time. I'll be in the other room and he'll just randomly start laughing because I'll be whistling so good. So you need to pre-record it and then take it into the studio with you. I need someone to secretly record me because if I try and do it on demand I just laugh at myself and you can't whistle and laugh at the same time. No that's very very true. Uh, Let's go for the third clip uh, which my girlfriend described as impossible. Uh, This is my favourite ever TV theme and it's uh, from a 1980s BBC sitcom so hit it.
mother, I'm 48. There we go. A little bit of a clue at the end there. So that was the third clip. So was that from A, Robin's Nest, B, Butterflies, or C, Sorry with Ronnie Corbett? So those are the three options there. Superb. And showing that uh, we here at the Moon Underwater are also in touch with our younger side, <laughs> uh, willing to have a good laugh at some of the programmes that uh, people are talking about in the playground. Well, we're going to be back in part two to find out more about Katie's Dream Pub. But just a reminder that you can support us via Patreon to keep this pub going. And my, 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 we don't often need a lot of grease, do we, Robin? Nope. We need grease, various lubricants for the pistons and pipes, some of the mysterious levers um, that populate the outer rooms, and also just, uh, you know, sillet bang. Nothing cleans better than, than sillet bang. So head to moonunderpod.com to contribute. You also get our bonus podcast behind the cellar door. But for now, we will leave you for a quick break. So recharge your glasses and we'll see you in part two. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, it's William and Jordan here from Help I Sexted My Boss. And on Tuesday, our show at the London Palladium will be streamed live into cinemas. So if you want an evening full of laughs and outrageous problems and dilemmas, then come along and join us on the big screen. Help I Sex and My Boss Live is showing everywhere and everyone's welcome. Go to sexatmyboss.com slash cinema to get your tickets now. That's sexatmyboss.com slash cinema. <laughs> 